The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? Do I even have to ask? Do I even have to ask after that absolute debacle of a hockey game from the Montreal Canadiens? Um, <laughs> well, um, the Montreal Canadiens, they lost. Uh, they lost big. 5-1 to one in Buffalo against the Buffalo Sabres, who many believe... Uh, to be a potential basement dweller and candidates for the first overall pick this season. Uh, so say what you will about that. Um, what does that say about the Montreal Canadiens? Hello and welcome to episode two of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and that was one of the worst hockey games I have seen in recent memory. There were really no good points to the game. It started off brutally. The, the Sabres were dominating right out the get-go. Um, they were getting all the shots on goal. They were dominating possession. Uh, say what you will about the Sabres and, and where they're expected to be this season. They looked like the better team right from the start of the game. Uh, they got a power play pretty early off of a really dumb Cedric Paquette penalty. And Kyle Poso gets uh, a goal kind of through a little bit of a screen, one that uh, Samuel Montembeau probably should have stopped. It's one nothing. Habs then get hemmed in on their own zone after another Kyle Poso chance later on in the period. Uh, puck gets around to Colin Miller. Another somewhat weak goal from Colin Miller through Samuel Montembeau. Mercifully enough, that was how the first period ended. 2 nothing for the Sabres. Uh, second period, Habs get a power play. Habs get another power play, making it a 5-on-3. And again, we see the same thing that we saw against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Habs trying to force a point shot from far away instead of getting into the slot. And of course, it did not work. They did not score. Uh, But they would get one back. They would absolutely get one back. um, Not too long after the 5-on-3 and then the subsequent uh, regular power play ended. Uh, the Habs got into the zone. Chris Weidman came down from the point, uh, got to the side of the net, and uh, puck comes to him. Net's wide open. Craig Anderson has no chance. Makes it 2-1. We're feeling pretty good. We're feeling like maybe the Habs can get back into this thing, but uh, they very did not. They very did not. Uh, the Habs gave up a 5-on-3 of their own. Two boneheaded penalties in a row. Uh, first one by Jeff Petrie, jumps on the ice. Uh, when Chris Weidman was not even close to jumping onto the bench, so he had no reason to be getting on the ice. Too many men on the ice, uh, thanks to Jeff Petrie, and we're down one. And then Ben Sherratt takes an absolutely ridiculous hooking penalty that he had no need to take, and we're down where a five-on-three. They managed to kill off the five-on-three, but one of the Sabres' big guns, uh, one of their remaining big guns anyways on their team, Victor Olofsson, uh, scores a beautiful shot uh, on the ensuing regular five-on-four power play to make it 3-1. to one. And then, just to add insult to injury, less than a minute to go in the period, Andres Bjork makes it 4-1. to one, And the route is on at that point. The route is on. 
Habs have no answer. Habs aren't able to generate any kind of sustained zone time. Um, they're just getting manhandled by the, the Sabres in pretty much all three zones. Uh, boneheaded Sherratt penalty again in the third period, right? As if the damage was not already done at 4-1, to one, Ben Sherratt takes another boneheaded penalty. And Tage Thompson scores on a screamer from the faceoff circle, making it 5-1 for the Sabres. And thank the ghost of Maurice Richard. That's how it ended. It didn't get any worse for them. 5-1 to one the final score. Uh, what the hell happened, man? What the hell happened? Um, <laughs> well, let's start with the fact that the Habs were getting killed in by, uh, by the speed of the Sabres in transition. Speed is supposed to be one of the strengths of the Habs, but they were not able to do anything about it whatsoever. Uh, they were just getting murdered, and I mean murdered at their own blue line with speed coming in from the Sabres, and then the Sabres were able to hold the zone with relative ease. Uh, the Habs clearly have a problem on defense because when they get hemmed in their own zone, they have no breakout plan whatsoever. It's like their breakout plan 90% of the time is flipping the puck up in the air and hoping that one of the forwards gets there. But the problem with that is that it rarely works in the, in the best of circumstances. You have to get lucky for that to work. In the NHL, most defensemen who are at the blue line, they see you get it and they see you about to flip it like that. They turn and burn, right? So any forward that has a chance at getting it, you have to get the right bounce for that guy to actually get loose and end up with a scoring chance. More often than not, how it ends is like a bit of a battle, and then at that point, the Sabres or whoever you're playing against, they're able to get back, adjust, get the puck, and come back towards your zone. And then when they're hitting your blue line with speed and you can't do jack shit to stop them, I mean, they just end up right back in your zone, and you're back in the same situation that you were already trying to get out of in the first place. And then what do you do? You're right back to, oh, as soon as we get the puck, what are we going to do? Try to flip it up over everybody one more time, and just hopefully this time it works. Man, not good. Not good at all. Not what you want to see in the first two games of your season. Uh, for a team that we already knew was going to struggle defensively, right? So let's put that aside for a second. We know they're going to struggle defensively a little bit. It is something they have to work on. I don't know if they can try to trade for some help there or not, but um, tough task to do this early in the season, and it doesn't seem that the answer is within. But what we thought was that they had enough offense that, you know, if they could score more goals than the other team, they could win the game. That is how hockey works, isn't it? And this is a team that we thought was going to be able to score goals, but apparently what we're looking at is a team that can muster up about one goal per game. Exactly one goal per game, actually, through the first two. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I'll tell you what the answer isn't, is just throwing all of the forward lines into an absolute blender, which is what Dominic Sham did. Um, I had mentioned, I tweeted it out during the game, I thought one simple solution that might make a bit of a difference, I don't know if it would have changed the entire complex of the game, was I thought flip Yoel Armia and Tyler Toffoli. So put Yoel Armia up top with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and then bring Tyler Toffoli down and put him on the third line uh, with Jake Evans and Brendan Gallagher. And I thought maybe that would make a bit of a difference. But instead what he did was a full-on line blender. The only line that went untouched was the Drouin, Dvorak, and Anderson line. They stayed together. Everybody else got mixed up. He had Caulfield with Evans and Gallagher. He had... Uh, I, I can't even think of all the combinations. He had Mathieu Perrault on the first unit of the power play at one point 
as if that is what you need to be doing. I think it was actually Dvorak, Perot, and Gallagher, if I'm not mistaken, who are three net front guys. You don't even have a shooter out of your three forwards. Like, I don't know. I I guess I can understand the exasperation. You go into you know your first two games of the season are back-to-back like that, and I guess he just threw everything into a blender and was trying to see if he could create something, but it very did not work, and it very needs to be different moving forward if they want to have any kind of success. Um, I'm honestly going to keep this one short because I'm sure nobody wants to hear too much about that game. I'll leave you with one thought, right? I wanted to complain about Samuel Montembeau uh, in this game because I felt like those first two goals, as I mentioned earlier, were a little bit weak. I felt like he should have stopped those. But then as the game wore on and I was seeing you know, how many shots were coming at him and where those shots were coming from and how unchecked the shooters were and how wide open the shooting lanes were, I was like, God damn, it isn't his fault whatsoever. It's 100% the defensive coverage fault. Like the defensive coverage was brutal. And again, I go back to the fact that their only breakout plan is let's flip it up in the air and hope that a forward chases it down before one of the defenders. Um, <laughs> that isn't going to work. It's not going to work. So they got to regroup. At least they do have a night off, right? So they, they will be off tomorrow night, and then they will have their home opener at the Bell Center on Saturday night against the New York Rangers. And, um, yeah, hopefully we see a very different team, uh, a much hungrier offensive team and hopefully hopefully some better defensive zone coverage Uh, i appreciate anybody who took the time to to listen to this one after such a brutal game we are running uh just around 10 minutes this time so uh pretty normal maybe a little bit more than your typical bottom sixer but uh what are you gonna do right We don't even know what the bottom six is in Montreal because the lines have all been thrown into a blender, so we have no idea anymore. We'll see you all on on Saturday after that game with another episode. Uh, Thanks again for listening. We are on Spotify, Megaphone, uh, Google Play, uh, Apple. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Shoot me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you again. Have a great rest of your uh, day or night whenever you're listening to this. And as always, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.